For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief treating their child with cannabis. These are their stories. Hey guys, welcome. Welcome to another episode. Hey, well, hello, hello, hello. Yes, it's been quite a t- uh it's been quite a while. I see that we've haven't launched a new episode, so we're really looking forward to it. It just seems that um time has gone by so quickly. We're so caught up with so many activities. I've taken on becoming a coach or a T-ball this year, and it's taken quite a bit of my time and exhaustion. And so I'm working on some number of projects. Um, you know, I just wanted to share with you guys that we are, are having a clubhouse. I don't know if some of you are aware, but there's an app. It's like an audio app where there's like a chat room. Uh, some of it's live, some is pre-recorded, and it's called Clubhouse. And we are going to be hosting a, a special Father's Day special. It is June 16th, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So that'd be 6 p.m. on West Coast. Um, so basically, it's about dads um, facing challenges and holding things down, especially when they have a, uh, you know, a child with a chronic illness. You know, those dads don't get the shine. I don't even know if they should be getting shine, but they, I don't think there's really been interviews with dads. Or you hear they get to hear their voices and to talk about and share their experience as a father. Um, caring for a child with an ailment. So, I mean, you get to hear uh, my story, my experiences, but, you know, it's good to see, like, a brotherhood of fathers who are in these types of situations. Um, you know, we take it for granted when we have healthy children, but then when there's one that's not and you're constantly on your toes, you're constantly, you know, being mindful of certain things and you're just, like, you're constantly aware and it's like, wow, it kind of, it just evolves you in a way that you don't, you know, you don't expect. So we're we're going to be having that again on, in Clubhouse. Myself, Justin Benton of One One CBD, as well as uh, Alex Klein of a Maritza CBD. Um, so that's going to be good. It's a good group. Yeah, it is a good group. Great brothers, you know, it's a great brotherhood. And also um, Brian Hagera of uh, Echo of Echo oh, Foundations. Nice. Yes. Nice. So. Oh wow. Yeah, and uh, and a friend of mine, too, as well, his name is Miguel, he's into the crypto world. So it's like a different group. It's definitely diverse in that sense. So I'm looking forward to hearing uh, the things that, you know, their experiences, uh, especially around their marriage with themselves, you know, being a father, being a husband, and, you know, and just being the male figure of the household, you know. It's one of those things. So we're we're really looking forward to it. So, guys, uh, the things... That we've been experiencing in the past couple of weeks has been uh, it's been interesting because as you already know, we've been dealing with uh, agent seizures. You know, we have had some good days, bad days, and we're figuring out so many triggers. I mean, we use CBD oil, but it's again, like we always say, it's not the cure of all. You know, it's not the end all cure. Um, but at the same time, we use it as a balancing. But we realize food plays a part, rest plays a part in it. Uh, especially the healing process. But what triggers what we learn, right, Ian, is, you know, low blood sugar, uh, lack of sleep, constipation, dehydration, overheating. Yes. And also teething. I mean, I don't know. 
do we use that same term after reaching no, a certain age? N- no, you can't call it teething. <laughs> what is basically his teeth are coming in? Yeah, that's a trigger. So it's a lot. Any type of real stress on the body um, will cause um, some type of episode, but uh, you have to get through them. But let's talk about um, overfilling and CBD oversaturation. And we've never really spoke about this on any of our episodes. Well, we did briefly, but we never went into it until we recently started experiencing it. Exactly. So let's kind of, before we get into uh, this book that we read, let's talk about that. Because um, this is very interesting phenomena that I don't think a lot of... um, people can understand and it's hard for us to understand too right yeah i I think we would definitely have to bring in a a cannabis doctor in or a uh who would you think a formulator because one of the things we found out if aiden is overfilled and which causes a reboot that we use this term um with cbd it caught it would trigger seizure exactly so i remember dr shin our, our cannabis doctor told us that basically CBD has an upside down or inverted bell, meaning that sometimes the more you take, it could the, the effects will go down. Meaning like if you're taking it for pain, if you take sometimes too much, the pain will come back. And the same thing with the epilepsy. It's almost like it stops working in a way. Exactly. So it's not like other pharmaceutical meds where they just keep, if you have these keep upping it, upping, and more is more. But with, sometimes with CBD, less is more, and more could actually trigger more seizures. And you, people are like, well, how can that be? You know, it's supposed to be so good for you. But no, it, it doesn't work that way. And the key is, uh, this is the balancing act that Osiris was saying with trying to balance how much to give Aiden. Now, Aiden has been on this for... What, six years? Yeah, six years. Wow. So we have to understand that it builds in your fat cells. Yeah, yeah. Because the problem before, he wasn't really fat at all. He was really a thin kid. And what's so crazy that you have to think about when you're doing this is that you don't know when it's going to start to fulfill until you see some signs. There are some signs where this, there's an uptick in the seizures. Then you're like, oh, he's starting to have seizures. And we've made the mistake, like, well, let's add more. Yeah. And we're actually triggering it even more, not realizing, like, no, 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 we need to go less. <laughs> or, or none yeah, at all. <laughs> exactly. And l- until we were able to flush it out of the system. And so we paid attention to it, and we're like, oh, my God, what's going on? It's like, it's happening more and more. Like, should we add more? I'm like, hold on. Maybe we should just stop. <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> maybe we should just flush this system out. Because I, I remember you telling me about this, like how it overfills it in the system. I was like, maybe this is the reboot time. Yeah, they call it, I was reading an article by uh, Dr. Bonnie. She's another cannabis doctor, really famous on the West Coast. And she was saying that the, um, it's called when the endocannabinoid system gets overfilled. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I guess when something is full, it's just, it is very disrupting. Yeah. So for some kids, it depending how much they're overfull, you know. So I think with Aiden, I think he was pretty overfull because we we did like a one week reboot, right? <laughs> we took yeah. it away. Yeah, we took it for a week. We took it away for a week, and slowly and surely it, it started to balance. Yeah, he started getting a little better. We're like, okay, I mean, and you got to understand at the same time he has his teeth coming in, so it's like his body's on like overdrive. Yeah. So uh, it was like we're, we're adding, what is it, gas to 
through the fire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we noticing. So now he's on a very. I mean, we could just say it. Um, he used to be taking like 165 milligrams, like broken up in two doses. Now, what are we on? Like 30, maybe? Not even like 10 milligrams every other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and he's doing great on it, actually. Yeah, he's doing much, much better. So it's it's working out. But again, it's like you spend so much time doing this, but you also have to spend time paying attention yes. to those subtle changes. Yes, it's, it's, Honestly, like, I understand why some people do not want to get on this journey. Um, I'm not discouraging it, but I just want to be honest and let people know that it is a journey and is a ride. Yeah, it is. I believe it's worth it. Oh, I do too. However, um, it's it's something that you have to be aware of once you start this journey out there. If you're anyone who's listening who's interested, you just know that, you know, it's not going to be, okay, CBD done, and they're going to be cured from epilepsy for the rest of their lives and back to normal. It's, it's just not. No. It's, it's just not going to be the way it is. But It's a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a lifestyle. But um, if done right, it's a lifestyle change for the better. Because um, also you got to put in uh, the factor that, you know, you want to eat more healthier, exercise, and the rest is so more. Uh, it's very important as well. And just taking care of yourself and that loved one um, you know, consistently. And also document it too, because that helps too, doing documentations as well. And reading the labels. Any purchase of CBD products, cannabis products, read the label. If you see things in there that, you know, you can't really pronounce or it's like, hmm, it doesn't seem to be needed here in this product, question it. Question it because remember, you're, you're counting on this thing to help. So um, just make sure you're able to, you know, Get in contact with your manufacturer and make sure you are getting exactly what you're supposed to get and nothing more. So, guys, I read on another note. I read yes. a fantastic book. So, um, Nina and I have these discussions where we're like, like any other parent, think about like, oh my god, he, my child's eight years old. In about four years, he'll be twelve. What's his life going to be like for middle school? What's his life going to be for high school? What's his life going to be? When he's ready to, if he, you know, decides to go to college or, you know, start his life, it's like all these things. And you're, you're, you're so in the moment, it's hard to see that far, but you're trying to envision it based on what you see now. And so it's really hard to give you a positive outlook. And so I recently, oh, I recently read this book uh, by a young man who actually had, um, he was diagnosed with generalized epilepsy. Uh, at a very young age, and he wrote the book about his experience. You know, what was the title again? I remember. So, so the title of this book is called "Light in the Shadows" by Jay Bailey. Yes, James um, Bailey. I've, He's based I, in England, I believe. Yeah, and uh, we're on a Facebook group, um, Healing Seizures Naturally, and somebody had put this out on the Facebook group, and I, I text Osiris about it. Um. The prelude alone, I just started tearing up. It's just very heavy for me to start reading this because it, it really reminds us of Aiden, and I really couldn't finish it. My mom finished it. Osiris read it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not there yet to start, but... um. Yeah, yeah, the prelude. So in the beginning, his sister writes in the book about her experience as the big sister, you know, caring for her little brother and how it affected her. To watch her best friend be taken away, how she was uh, placed with 
uh, other family, uh, families and friends while they cared for her brothers. And all those visits to the doctors, um, the moments that she would climb into his bed to make sure he's all right, um, the bullying that he experienced, she was there to protect him. And she also, one thing that um, I picked up on, there was a couple of things that were really that stood out. One, it affected her relationship with her mother because her and her mother seemed like it, they never connected because the mom would spend so much time taking care of the son. Mm-hmm. And then also the mom would have her help out and take care of her brother. So it was hard. It kind of forced her to grow up fast. That was the other part. So she never really stayed as a child because now she was a caregiver as well. And it was hard for her. But she said, uh, you know, she doesn't regret it. Uh, you know, that's her little brother. She will always care and um, love him. But it was very, very hard for her growing up because she barely got to spend time with him. But yet at the same time, when she did, she had to care for him. And so it, it kind of took away from her childhood experience. It, it's a good read, but it's a tough book. Um, if you have any kind of emotions, you will feel the book. Also, if you have a child in a situation too, it kind of gives you a perspective because one of the things that we talked about was should we have another child? Yeah. And having read that intro, it's just like, wow. Can yeah. we? And a lot of people, not only with epilepsy, like a lot of parents that have uh, children with some type of disability, they're hesitant because they, one, they think, is my second child going to have this disability? So that's yeah. that's scary, right? Yeah. And two, yeah, it's like, is this gonna? How's this gonna affect the second child? Mm-hmm. Um, and are you? And for me, it's like I put so much time and energy in Aiden. I said, I'm, I, I, I almost I can't even feel like I can love a ch- child, care for another child in the same. It's very in the same way. Yeah. But that may be help, better for me. Yeah. But here's the other flip side. Because remember when uh, we were spending so much time in Aiden, we forgot about each other. Mm-hmm. We weren't as intimate. We really wasn't really spending quality time. In fact, most of the time we spent just talking about Aiden, what we're going to do, mm-hmm. how we're going to do it. And it became frustrating and stressful at times for us to communicate. So we literally had to take time out to even be around each other. So it was, so we have to look at it that way. Then the other part is that are we going to, how much time are we going to spend with the second child? <laughs> are we going to show a lot of love to that child where we're like cuddling, you know, the same things we did with Aiden? And then Aiden, would he feel neglected or would he embrace this new role? Because, you know, eight years being on your own and you're the king of the household, you know. So now all of a sudden you got to, like, play second fiddle. I think that's that's normal with any, yeah. even a child without disabilities. Like yeah. a lot of um, children, when they have their only child for a while and then the new sibling comes, you know, it's like the huge jealousy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think Aiden would be warm on... To a sibling, but here's the other part, though. When, if we do, let's say, we to play these scenarios of either or. Oh, yeah, let's do it. So let's say now Aiden, we, we, we have another child, and Aiden now has a sibling. That younger sibling can possibly grow up to become a caregiver for Aiden. Mm-hmm. So what happens if we, let's say now we pass on, they're in their, you know, he's in his young teens, and Aiden's in his late 20s. And he needs somebody to look out for him. Is that the teen's responsibility? Is that his sibling's responsibility at that point? I think 
if if that does happen, we would have to make arrangements for somebody else besides the team. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're looking like 10, 20 years from now. So. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's, but I do feel, in general, with siblings, parent. Um, if you notice, most family dynamics, there's always one person taking care yeah. of someone, even if they're not disabled. Yeah. So the, is that person is that person putting their life on a hold? Is it stopping them from finding a relationship, getting married, starting their own family? And that happens a lot. Not even with siblings, it, parents. Yes, exactly. So you know, you can't continue to live the life that you had projected for yourself. So it's like you take a pause. It's not being unselfish and it's not being selfish. It's like those things, like a decision that has to be made. Yeah. It's very interesting. I see with families, I think sometimes the person that's taking on that role mm-hmm. as caregiver, I don't always think it's because they feel like they have to. I feel like they're doing it also for themselves too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, there's the, but again, they could be selfless and saying, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to take care of my sibling. I'm supposed to take care of my family, despite the fact that I am postponing my life. Like, this is going to be just my life. What happens? This is interesting because it's uh, something I've seen and I've watched, too, where when if that person that they've been taking care of for a period of time falls ill and passes on, that creates a void because remember that person's life, that caregiver's life, was just that taking care of this yes, person. Exactly. So that's yeah. what I'm. What I'm saying is that sometimes they're doing, they're taking the primary caregiver role for other reasons too. Yeah. Because maybe there's something going on in their lives. Well, again, if they lose that role, they no now they're no longer the caregiver. Mm-hmm. Now they find themselves like, okay, I've been a caregiver for three, five, ten, fifteen years of my life. I can't get back. Yeah. And now it's, I'm left here to find, to create a new life because I've only known one life. Yeah. No, it's, it's difficult. And I think in general, life is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And there's a lot of difficult decisions being made. and Everyone plays um, different roles. And sometimes, sometimes siblings, your lessons that you learn in your childhood could reflect into your life. So if you were the typically the ones that were like the older siblings taking care of younger ones, they tend to be more independent. Yeah. And know how to survive. Yeah. And um and that's and they they learn some skills of independence early, which could be a good thing. Yeah, well that's one of the things I picked up from James in his book is that he did learn to become very independent. He ended up holding a job. He ended up starting a family and all these things. But then the seizures came back. You got to read a couple of pages. I mean, you should pick out a paragraph yeah, and just I, read I it. I mean, I have read. Um, I mean, like now. Yeah, I did pick it up. So one thing that did strike me was jobs, like for Aiden. Like yesterday we were joking around with, and I said, Aiden, what do you want to be? And he was like, a fireman. And I think, but James, he couldn't be a fireman. Obviously, yeah. you can't do a lot of these mm-hmm. These physical jobs with 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 um yeah especially with, with epilepsy you can't drive like you know all those kind of things especially lights yeah noises yeah so you're them. limited your with your occupation right mm-hmm. so like him starting a business like we always said that for Aiden that might be the best bet for him as well yeah so I think as parent 
you have to build your kid up for that early, like in high school, start talking about maybe some careers that they will be successful at, like yeah. realistically. Yeah, it's true. You know, and I think it's, a, it's definitely a mindset change. You have to have to, you have to change change the mindset a lot. But yeah, I picked up I picked up that, I just looked at that page, and it was heartbreaking to me, you know? Yeah. A lot of it is. Um, Which, I mean, if you could read a paragraph from the book, I mean, any page, really, because all of it was just telling you. It just really, like, it makes you think. Uh, you got the book there? Yeah, The Consequences of Rejection. Ooh. Um, I guess he talked about... Um, oh, my God. Just thinking about it, and I think about Aiden, and it's like, wow. I think one of the parts that hit me was, like, the bullying. It's like, you know, they're calling the names, the pushing, the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. the cyber attacks, you know, cyber bullying that was happening, too. So this, the bullying gets to me, too, and what I to make myself feel a little better is that I feel like there are kids that get bullied no matter what. And I, I don't want to feel like it's because he has epilepsy. That's why they're bullying. I feel like there are kids, the bullying happens regardless. Yeah, it does. But when you have something, when you make, when something makes you different, most of the bullies happen because you're different. Not necessarily. Really? No, what I'm seeing in the schools is that... It's changed then. It's just, it's changed. It's changed. And and I'm I, this could be very optimistic of me. I feel like he's always been in a position where people protect him. Maybe he could be because he he's just so bad that maybe they'll feel sorry for him. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it depends where. It depends. It depends where. But I feel like I was bullied um, as well. Yeah. I feel like you experienced bullying too. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to feel because it did happen. So it's growing. Yeah, up so I feel. It doesn't necessarily mean. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm sure he's gonna experience some sort of teasing, making fun of his speech, making fun of his walk. Yeah, all of that. But I feel like I was teased for my hair. I was teased for how I walked and all kind of things. So I think it's just preparing your kid for that, regardless of them, if they have a disability. Because everyone's different, right? Like you're yeah. saying, people are different, get bullied, but we're all different. Yeah, that's true. It's just a bully, or it's just. <laughs> I hate bullies. I really do. Just have they just bother me. But I guess they all. Have, everybody has a purpose in life. So, with the book itself, it is something I think anyone or any family should pick up and read. If you have a child that's going through something, and they should pick up the book to read because there's hope in it. Um, there's definitely hope in it. And the fact that he wrote the book, which is amazing. One of the things he talked about was um, his condition from the seizures, which is it seemed to paralyze his right side of his body. Mm-hmm. Which is something we have seen with Aiden, where his foot, his leg, his right leg would go on him, or his right arm um, and hand would twitch, and they would just yeah. basically go limp it, and he'd lose all strength or control over it. So that was interesting to read. I'm like, oh my god, that's Aiden! Yeah. Like, wow, seeing that. But then also he talked about his recovery and how he overcame it. But the one thing is the drugs that yes. really jumped um, out yep there. all the drugs they had the suicide oh yeah the suicidal thoughts because they pumped them on so much medication it was unreal and he had a chapter he had a couple he had a page and a half about the side effects yes, i'm on that i'm on that page and it's on he was on a lot of medication um he Go ahead, said read that. um he was saying here is this is Kepra, along with other anti-seizure meds, can increase the risk of suicidal behaviors or thoughts. 
People taking Keppra should be monitored closely for signs of worsening depression, suicidal tendencies, or any altered emotional or behavior states. Which we saw with Aiden when he was on Keppra, right? Yeah. For, oh, my, I had to. I couldn't wean him off of that. I had to drop that medication from his, from his. Uh, I guess your uh, entourage of medications. That one had to go. It, the behaviors were unreal, uncontrollable, and he had no idea why he was crying. He didn't have no idea why he was screaming. I just got rid of it. I've never seen that drug should be banned. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Even uh, Aiden's pediatrician, she was experiencing seizures due to her low blood sugar at night because she has diabetes. Mm-hmm. And they put her on Keppra. She said that she had the, I got really attitude. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> Anyone looked at her like side, she would like <laughs> chew their head off. That's crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, folks, so the book, the title again, Nina? The title of the book is called Love in the Shadows. I mean, if you, have, if you know anyone with uh, epilepsy, it's definitely something to read. I'm going to try to finish it this week and mm-hmm. have some tissues next to me. Yeah, please do. Be grounded when you do it. But one thing I want to say, for educational standpoint, um, he has this paragraph. These are the effects that some medication could have on you, which we were seeing with Aiden's one of med is that it caused him, when he was little, a toddler, he was on Depakote, a high dose. It was obscene. It was obscene. And we were like, how come he can't remember his colors? Like, remember, they were like, yeah. what is going on? We're like, we've been like drilling in nothing. I'm like, he was like almost like five years old, didn't know his colors yet. We're like, what in the world? But I noticed that every time we would decrease the Depakote, we were like, you know your letters? He's like, yeah. And once we decreed, we're like, oh, my God. So, yes. The Depoco was just fogging his brain. Fogging his brain. And as soon as we got into the lowest state, then we noticed that, okay, he was able to retain. Because yeah. before he wasn't retaining anything. Letters, colors, basic things. We're like, yeah. what is going on? It was. I thought he would never learn his colors. Yeah, it is crazy to like to see that, knowing that, hey, I'm trying to put out the fire, but I'm using gasoline. You know, like I, I use that analogy because it's like no matter what you're trying to do, it's like almost like you're doing, you're causing more of a problem. Yeah, we went, we we went through it, we went through it. Yeah. But oh, on a good note is that um, finally he's able to retain things in school, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. So he was able to progress, and he's really doing well with reading. Uh, we're talking about Aiden now, right? Yeah, the book. Yeah, he's doing awesome. He actually passed his assessment, so he's able to go up to reading levels. Which is just great, which is great. So, I mean, we feel much better. But, you know, we read with him every night. We work with him. We got a tutor. So we're doing our part as parents. We go the extra mile. Um, you know, we, we have a family um, affair when it comes to helping him. His grandparents would read to him, did, you know, bring him to a library or, or they would bring him somewhere that basically keeps his mind flowing. So we're very appreciative of all the love and support that we do get from our families. It, it helps. Yeah. So he's growing. But again, guys, get a chance. Get your hands on the book. Nana, the name of the book again, please. Light in the Shadows by Jay Bailey. You can find it on Amazon. It's James Bailey. His name is James Bailey. Yep. Light in the Shadows, guys. Really good. All right. Thank you for tuning in. And also, happy Father's Day as it comes up to all the great dads out Yay, there. Yay, can't Hang wait. Hang in there with all the love and strength. Keep your family um, grounded, uh, you know, keep everyone together because, you know, you're that foundation. All right. Ciao. Bye. Bye. 
I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down. Mount.